0: We've, we've heard from Marty on a number of occasions. He's, he's really getting a chance to tell this story. Yeah. So, Marty with Blindfold Games. I mean, what more can you say when doing an introduction? You heard him on the main stage. Uh, you've heard him at Information 411. And now you're going to hear him again. Let's see how he gives a twist to libraries in this. Thanks, Brian. I'm not going to repeat, actually, what I said this morning, what I did yesterday that way. I want to tell you more about what we're doing to enable um, visually impaired students consume uh, written content more quickly. And I break that out into into several areas um, within Objective Ed. So Objective Ed, if any of you are unfamiliar with it, is the new company we we launched about a year ago. We're building out educational games for pre-K through 12th grade students. Um, All focused around the expanded core curriculum and focused around the goals and objectives within each student's individual IEP. So the first invention we, or innovation we did was, as I mentioned this morning, we take a sheet of Braille and we put it on an iPad, and through a couple of tricks, we know what, the iPad knows what's on that sheet of Braille, and that enables us to build out both teaching tools and and create gamification games based on education to cause a student to uh, improve their Braille literacy. And this is really focused around kids who are not old enough to be trusted with a Braille display. So that would make it basically go from pre-K up to about third grade from what most schools tell me. And there you could have... Um, sheets of uh, just the alphabet, if you're playing Hangman, or the alphabet set out, instead of A to Z, set out in a QWERTY keyboard, so that way they're learning, they're reinforcing the braille at the same time they're they're learning the QWERTY keyboard layout. This could be word lists, either CVC consonant and vowel consonant words, or uh, sight words, or it could be stories that start including some of the contractions uh, that students have to learn, and all this would be gamified, so that way, as a student learns, Um, Not only are they motivated to to learn on their own, but it's a a lot of fun, and they can do things at home. They don't always need their TVI around. They don't always need a parent around to basically play and improve their skills. And then everything with braille sheets and everything in the objective ed system, teachers can create their own lesson content and share it with other teachers, so thereby really employing the power of the thousands of these teachers. Now, when we started looking at um, what to do for older kids. I was at a conversation with uh, Kirk Adams and and somebody from Microsoft, and we started just bouncing ideas at CSUN around of what can we do um, to help kids who are starting to use braille displays, and what can we do to help increase their, their reading speed? And we thought, by using speech recognition, We could tell whether or not a child, uh, say a fourth grade kid or a seventh grade kid, whether a child who's using a Braille display is reading from that Braille display properly. And what normally happens, I don't know if this happened with with, uh, the people in this room, but... I was talking to Kirk, I talked to a number of other people. When they were learning to use a braille display, they would read it loud and the teacher would verify that what they're reading is really what was there. And We thought, wait a second, can't we use something like Siri or other types of speech recognition to do that same type of verification? So we started prototyping the whole system where we would send a line of uh, a sentence to the braille display, you read what that sentence says, that we capture your words we convert that back into text and we compare that to the original text we sent to the braille display. If it's identical, then we know the student read it properly. If it's wrong, we know what word or words they got wrong and then when, the, when we send them the next sentence and the sentence after that, we know what to concentrate on and how to correct them. And the goal is not to replace teachers in being, um, in, in the teachers of, of uh, teaching braille, but to really to augment it, to let the student practice when the teacher isn't necessarily around, which would, get, which would ki- bring the student up to Um, competence in braille literacy more more quickly. I would also increase the student's reading speed because we can, again, adjust the reading speed and be able to report back to the teacher that the student is reading more and more, and they're reading more and more, not just because the story is interesting. I look at my daughter, who is not visually impaired. She only reads reluctantly. Um, But if we turn it into a game, and we can make it fun, then the student will do that. And the goal is to get, see how, you know, how fast can we get the reading speed up by having a number of games, all based around the concept of sending the sentences to the braille display and then uh, verifying that what the student's speaking works. And we can come up with slews of games like that because we're real good at coming up with game ideas. <laughs> the last item that we're still tossing around back in the office is, um, and I know this kind of relates to the talking book program, is every time I've, I've been with somebody who is visually impaired, I noticed that your voiceover is running way faster than I can understand. And I thought, well, how do people get to that point? And the way you've gotten to that point is you've been using voiceover so long that over time you've gotten it to run faster and faster and faster, so you can basically consume content at a much higher speed than a sighted person can consume it if we're listening. And I thought, actually, uh, my business partner, Bob, thought about this idea, because he tends to listen to audiobooks. And he's cited. He listens to audiobooks way more than I do. I I tend to read. He likes to listen, primarily in his car. Um, And he thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could create a game where we teach people how to consume audio content more quickly? Okay. So you would start off with, say, a kid who is in, in pre-K. And mind you, we're not just looking at kids. We're looking at adults, too. And we're not just looking at using this and having this apply to people who are visually impaired, but people who have dyslexia or other issues. This can solve a variety of different problems, people with learning difficulties as well. So we think that we, you know, maybe the youngest kid would be at, like, 70% of normal speed. And then the game would cause would cause the kid to want to play to get to to consume it faster. So eventually go from 70% to 80%, all the way up to normal speed. And then by, by constantly playing this game and getting faster and faster, soon you're up to the same type of speed that most of the people here in the audience are at. You're probably at 200%, twice normal speed. And then, you know, say over the course of six months, by playing this game the same way people like, you know, games like Blindfolds, uh, Color Crush, or any of the other games, we make it, make it fun to increase your reading speed so that when you switch back over and, you, and start consuming audio books, you can consume them more quickly and enjoy more of them. So that's kind of the third item that we're going to start specking out and start moving forward with. And, so, and if you have any other ideas on other ways we can help students increase braille literacy or help seniors who are losing their vision become better with... One second, Judy. Become better with um, consuming content, I'm more than willing to listen. Judy.
1: Have you i I'll, are Do you mic? You mic? I
0: yeah, I'll, I'll, let me hand you the mic, Judy. Okay. <laughs> We're recording. Oh, sorry. And we want your girl's Oh, you're recording. Many... Wait it on? Not, I think it, I shut it off a while. Yeah, it. Uh-huh. Two, three.
1: I was just saying, I I think all this education stuff is absolutely fabulous, and I certainly support kids learning Braille, but I'm also very concerned about adults learning Braille, and I've been thinking about ways to morph your um, tablet- Card Braille card thing. What do you, what do you call it? Uh, that's going to be
0: called Braille AI Tutor. Uh, the, yeah, Braille, there's Braille the Braille sheets. Braille, you, sheets Braille, Braille sheets.
1: Braille sheets. Yeah. I, I, it, ways to morph that into something that adults could learn to use, to read Braille. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about that?
0: Um, honestly, no, because we're so busy trying to figure out kids. Right. But we're certainly open to things. But right I now. I mean,
1: the, the challenge for adults is going to be they're not going to have a TVI sitting around to emboss the cards for them. So gonna ha- we're going to have to figure out a way to get the hard copy Braille. But hard copy, reading hard copy Braille and reading refreshable Braille are very different experiences. And I, I can't imagine what it would be like to learn to read Braille with a refreshable Braille display. I think, I think it's probably easier to start with hard copy.
0: Well, one thing, you know, before I, I get, let me get your question a minute, by what talks talk about what Judy said. Let me get the mic so I can give it to somebody else. So one of the things that um, that makes sense there, and we haven't done that, and there's some copyright issues, but obviously the APH uh, series of patterns, mangled series of pat- uh, series, all those ideally should be recreated one way or the other. And there's like five or six other standards out there of teaching Braille, starting from just you know f- following simple patterns on a piece of paper, all the way up to f- recognizing all the A's, recognizing it you know, following lines and things like that. That all could be done and hopefully somebody will come around and and figure out how to work with it. We just can't simply copy that stuff because it is copyrighted, but there's enough out there and I imagine um, maybe some uh, VRTs um, or other people will put together a series like that for adults, we would would love that. Um, It's kind of not where our expertise is, but being the expertise of people who are braille teachers for adults. So let me, let me pass, does that make sense Judy? Okay, let me pass the mic over to you, here you go. This is Adam, and I just have a quick question for you. At the beginning of this whole uh, blindfold uh, process, you were using sighted students to teach them how to learn computers and writing, and I was wondering if, if by any chance you're still doing that just to help them. Um, I haven't taught any of these students now for about four years or so. Uh, pretty much when my daughter graduated from that school, um, I stopped doing it. And then, uh, so the, in 2012 through 14, I was busy both building games and teaching. Then pretty much 2015 16, and 16, I was consulting back to some of the companies I had started. And pretty much, and even 2017, 2017 we were starting to think about what else to do. And 2018 and 19, I've been flat out trying to build this company. Um, so I'm also writing a book on the side too about uh, all the companies I started. I've bootstrapped, and I do a lot of lecturing and mentoring of young entrepreneurs, millennials, and Gen X entrepreneurs. And people said, "Why don't you put together a book on how to actually bootstrap a company?" So hopefully, my book will be out sometime in the next month or so, and we'll probably do an audio version. And anyone who wants it, who is. One second. It's going to be called Generation Bootstrap. Yeah. And, you know, I'll make it available to anybody within the ACB for free as an audiobook. Yes, in the back. Let me give you the mic. Last question. Thank
1: you, Brian. Here you go. Just out of curiosity, this is Sandra from Rockville. Um, hi, Judy. This is Sandra Simons from Rockville. Um, I have a strange question. Are you ever in need of staff? Because I have two sighted children who love to code for blind people. People who are blind, they they understand accessibility. They And I'm just trying to capitalize for them. Um, let them know that that really is a skill. Um, they have a knack for it, they enjoy it, and they're young enough that if you push them in that direction. So I just wonder if you ever are in need of that sort
0: of help. Uh, We're always in need of help, but right now we're only 10 people, which means it would be really hard for us to manage other people. Um, We're actually raising another round of funding this summer, which will enable us to grow the company. And at that point, we can have uh, part-time interns and, and people like that, and actually be, instead of kind of giving them a project, and hope they do it, we can kind of watch over them and make sure they do it well, and that they learn from it, um, and they can benefit. And I think that, that was the last question, Brian. Was that fast enough? You did a fine job, Martin. Thank you. I'm not at all surprised.